0: This is Amateur Logic, Episode 126, for January fifteenth, 2019. This episode of Amateur Logic is brought to you by MFJ, the world leaders in ham radio accessories at mfjenterprises.com, and by ICOM, and the soon-to-be-released new IC 9700. You're going to want to keep this rig on your radar. Good evening. Welcome to episode 126 of Amateur Logic. I'm George. I'm Tommy.
1: And I'm
2: Mike. And where's the meal?
0: I don't know. I guess we got to have the cheap old Canadian this time around.
2: <laughs> hey, we don't. What uh the cheap compliance? What is it? The cheap old man compliance officer? Uh, is it cost- chief compliancy officer?
0: Yeah, chief cost compliance. Officer. Yeah, something he's a, like he's that. A,
2: he's not here today, so we got to get out the checkbooks and the credit cards. Yep. Time to buy up some stuff.
0: I'm gonna pull up the home shopping channel over here and we'll be ready to go. <laughs> well, we've got a fun show lined up tonight. This is uh both well, the January fifteenth episodes. It's it's been a little chilly here on and off. Hadn't really been that cold here, but it hasn't really froze. Not while you were here.
2: No, had this year it's only, it only yeah. rains when i come home
0: <laughs> yeah true it, it's rains sometimes when you're not here as well mike what are things like up north
1: well uh, actually this year george uh not so much snow but uh it got cold last week or so we've been in the uh i, I don't want to really say the deep freeze because it's going to be colder yet uh given giving uh, a few weeks from now but uh uh, currently, it's about minus thirteen. and That's uh, Celsius. So,
2: oh, wow. you know, yeah.
1: um, luckily there's not much wind to go along with that, so uh, it's, it doesn't feel as cold. So,
2: got your antenna projects all lined up.
1: Almost. It's just about time <laughs> to get started on those. It needs to be a little colder. That way, your your gloves and mitts stick to the steel.
2: Yeah, it's a lot safer like that. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> you right. won't fall We're about off slipping. You know. Yeah,
0: well, it's actually been colder down here in the states. I think in in parts of the states in winter precipitation as well.
2: I didn't. It was cold in Ohio this week. Was it? That. Yeah, it was cold for me anyway. Like the high up there was like twenty-two or something like that one day.
0: Well, it wasn't that cold here, but it was cold to me because. We were working outside and in a building without electricity all week. So it's that makes it feel even worse. Yeah. yeah. And, and the wind, that just you know kind of amplifies it. Fortunately enough, the door side of the building was turned away from the sun, so we didn't have to worry about the sunlight coming yeah. in.
2: You should probably get somebody to fix that electricity.
0: Uh, well, I am. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what do you got tonight, Tommy? Some more D-Star goodness tonight. You do, yeah. Okay,
0: I'm looking forward to to learning more about this. It's not exactly what I thought it was.
2: Oh, so. it's not. Mm-mm. Uh, I'll be curious after we see this. You tell me what you thought it was.
0: Okay. Did
2: you watch the segment?
0: Uh, I don't know if I watched it all, but I watched enough okay, to learn I to that get the idea of what it yeah, was. That it wasn't what I thought it was. Uh, I, well, like I said, I've been uh, pretty much out in the woods all week trying to restore power at a transmitter site and i didn't really get to record anything so we're going to do my segment live right here on the table tonight Anything, bloopers and all bloopers and all anything could happen that's the reason we got mike to be with us here where's the
2: fire (laughs) extinguisher he's he's gonna
0: gonna heckle and as we try to explain some things and and just do some experiments with quarter wave stubs i've never really sat down with the test equipment that we're going to use tonight and and look at these so it, it was it was kind of interesting to verify and disprove some of the things that
2: yeah. But I, I thought about them. So. Well, I haven't seen what you've done yet, but uh, you, told we haven't. What, you told me what you were going to do, so I'm looking yeah. forward to seeing them. Nobody's seen what,
0: what I've Not done Not even yet. you? Not even me. <laughs> so we're going to look at it tonight. Mike, have you ever played with quarter-wave stubs before?
1: I did. Um, used one as a filter a long, long time ago, but it was just out of a piece of 300 uh, ohm twin lead, and it hmm. actually worked.
0: Yeah yeah um it's kind of interesting i i can see myself using them for something in the future here they they could be quite
2: handy well
0: let's Uh,
2: on the chat room tom says a live segment the only thing that would be better is if he's going to work with animals
1: (laughs) <laughs> keep watching you never know you, you never never, you know. never
2: do Yep. i mean uh
0: back, that's pretty good back in uh, around well i won't talk about it yet we'll, we'll talk about the new year's episode and the animals that we had on there got a little bit here you know anytime we're doing a show live we've got a chat room going on it's amateurlogic.tv slash chat you can uh join in there for the fun and mayhem that's going on as we're shooting and you never know what they're going to be talking about in there we're we're we keep one eye on it and one eye on the camera why don't we get on into some emails here tonight tommy we've we've got a number of them by the way the cheap old man is not here he he should be back for the next episode he's got some things going on right now but he has been having a big time with a christmas present that he got um that I think we'll be hearing more from in the future. Mike, you've been receiving uh, some of those.
1: Ever, I'm receiving little snippets from him. You never know when you're going to get an email from email. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, you could go for quite a time and you hear nothing, then all of a sudden, bam, you get like three in a row from email, and, and you know he's working on something really cool when that yeah.
2: happens. You know they're usually going to be a Jewel in there if they yeah. get one. Because he doesn't <laughs> send a lot of them.
0: Yeah. And the music he's been working on, I never would have guessed would that, that he would produce it. You know, after hearing his face melting solo on the
2: <laughs> credits, of, you know, yeah. last time. Well, he's clearly got talent oh yeah you remember a, a little while back when i showed how to update your d star andy talkie off of d star info com right. site so mm-hmm. our friend matt uh sent an email and i should remember n nine n m h um but anyway he he mentioned some things that i was i was aware of but i didn't cover it so i thought mm-hmm. i would mention it uh and anyway, it says on episode 123, Turkey Time, you did a video updating the DR file on your ID51 plus 2 and also for the ID5100 mobiles. Wanted to share a couple of items you can do. When I update my DR files, I add my Raspberry Pi slash DVAP setup, my D-Star hotspot setup, and another person's hotspot up by his place to the Excel file or csv format before i save it It allows you to use raspberry pi for hotspots in dr mode also uh, which is very handy i do that as well anyway it shows an example in the spreadsheet of of how to do it and uh, this is actually one of the things i was going to cover in an upcoming segment Mm -hmm. um, but i thought i'd mention it since he sent the email on it it's a good information Um, the other thing you can do is delete the extra d star uh, repeaters that you know you'll never use. It, uh, it makes more room for the FM repeaters if you want to store extra ones in there. So I'm kind of summarizing the email. It was kind of long, but mm-hmm. but uh, it's it's good tips and and we will be covering that some in the pretty near future. I was Trying to go through a series of in my segment this time. We'll cover some more of it. A series of some of the easier things to get people on D-Star. So I remember okay. you remember when we were at Dayton last year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there were a lot of people in there saying how difficult it was to program their radio and everything. But Mm -hmm. it's really not. So trying to kind of help a little bit in that area with some of these.
0: Okay. Good stuff. And Mike, you know, really has his thumb on the pulse of what's going on in ham radio. And, you know, what's... Fluctuating right now,
1: Mike. <laughs> That's a good segue. It's that time again. It's time for Quartz Fest 2019, and they're celebrating their 25th, or sorry, 22nd anniversary. And uh, it's a AWRL specialty convention uh, being held January 20th to 26th near Quartzite, Arizona. I actually have a copy of the of the schedule here, and I 'll tell you it's one week full of action packed, fully scheduled events for the whole week it's It's pretty amazing um, i'm going to have to try to get there myself one of these days, but uh, it lasts for for the whole week. Uh, it actually starts on Sunday, January twentieth, and it ends with the closing ceremony on saturday january twenty sixth
0: You know that looks like a fun event and we wouldn't even need the Visqueen and air conditioner yeah. out there up at this time of year.
1: Yeah. You know, we champ.
2: we've had offers to place to stay there and everything, yeah. but uh, it just doesn't really work out. I I'd hope to go this year, but at work we're at the very tail end of The project that we've been working on for the last four years, Mm -hmm. and I just can't really get away right now to do that. That's one reason why it wasn't able to make it to to Orlando either. Yeah,
0: I kind of wanted to go to Orlando as well.
2: After April the 29th, things are going to change for me, so I'm hoping some time will open up and I can get some of these other things.
0: uh, April 15th is tax time.
2: Well, April 29th is the last go-live for the, second, oh, really? the phase that we're on right now. Oh, wow. So I'm looking really looking forward to that. So hopefully my life will get back in order.
0: Uh, that, that. So
2: whatever that well, is. I know our,
1: is. our friend uh, Randy K7AGE, he's, he's gearing up for Quartzsite. Uh, I've oh, been yeah. watching yeah. his Twitter feed, and uh, yeah, I think Ray's he's been packing going, up too. all his gear and getting ready for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: pretty sure Ray's going. Ray's going, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gordo will... Uh,
2: he usually goes I think so. he all,
0: usually always goes. Yeah, so.
2: I, I wouldn't be surprised if Jerry and Amy don't go. Jerry, true. Amy,
0: true. So we could have Randy there, uh, melting some solder and a little smoke from that, and Gordo with his flaming pickles, <laughs> and he, he just all kinds of fun going
2: on. Oh yeah, so. I'm, that's on my bucket list to go. So yeah. I know we said it last year, but may, maybe next year. Things that will yeah. work will be a little bit better. We can do such as that. Yeah,
1: I printed out the schedule, and it's uh, seven pages worth. Oh, oh like, wow! Like events going on throughout the day, every day for the whole week. It's pretty amazing.
0: Wow! And it's in the desert.
1: In yeah. the desert, where you can't remember your name, apparently.
0: <laughs> <laughs> true, true. I've heard that before. Thought during the seventies, I believe. Well, my emails tonight. I've got one here from. Uh, who's this has come from John W. Two G G Y. And John said after watching uh, the New Year's episode of Amateur Logic, you know we did that four-hour live stream here, and it took a little unusual setup to pull that off. I had four mice sitting here on the desk, <laughs> and we t- took a piece of tape and labeled each one as to what computer it went to to and that that only helped somewhat yeah. you know he said after the the rat infestation that, or mice infestation yeah. that we had here <laughs> during that episode uh he wanted to let us know he's using a program called Input Director. Which is free for personal use. Uh, The program uses internet and Wi-Fi to enable you to use one mouse and keyboard for all your computers. Oh, wow. He uses it on three separate computers. The cursor runs from screen to screen, uh, just like when you're running multiple monitors on one computer. And the keyboard works on whichever screen you have the cursor at. He doesn't know if it would help, but it might be worthwhile looking into and He's been watching TV for some time, uh, as far back as when Tommy used to show some of his photography projects, and he too does a little photography. Uh, good luck in the new year. Keep up the good work. By the way, I watch on a 65-inch smart TV, and the quality is awesome. At least the TV's smart. There you go. So
2: <laughs> maybe not what he's watching on. There. So
0: that's a tip, everyone. If you watch on a sixty-five inch smart TV, the quality of the program will be awesome. That's the key. Yeah, I don't think that's exactly what he was saying, but <laughs> but yeah, that that is interesting. I, yeah,
2: that, uh, I'm gonna have to look into that that uh, little utility right there. It looks kind of cool.
0: Yeah, it does. I it probably wouldn't work for me because. My monitors aren't at.
1: Um, you well,
2: know. One of them's 20 feet away. <laughs> one, two, we've got three layers of monitors here. So yeah. right now I can see one, two, three, four, five regular monitors, not counting the tablets.
0: Yeah. yeah. Or the
2: laptop? I did count the laptop. Oh, you
0: did count the laptop.
2: Okay. Well. And we're counting the one that's not hooked up yet.
0: True. True. And the other one over there that's the other two that are not hooked up. <laughs> well, Tommy, I've heard of a green thumb before, but I'm not
2: familiar with a blue thumb. A blue thumb DV. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, well, let's Let's watch it and then I'll tell you about it after we get back. Today we're going to kind of revisit a different program. It's kind of evolved a little bit. Uh, I've showed you the blue DV program quite a while back how we use it on Android and so forth. Well, it's evolved a lot since then. And uh, I've still got my Northwest Digital Radio Thumb DV. I, I love this thing. I use it pretty good bit when I'm at work, mostly at the office, um, when it's not convenient to put out a handy talkie in the hotspot um, or, or if I don't have a repeater nearby. But anyway, this uh, I was using the Win DV program from the Dutch D-Star guy, um, but apparently he's not supporting that anymore it's still been stuck on beta three for ever and ever I'm not sure what the deal is but uh time to move on to a different program well david p a seven l i m has added support for this and uh we're going to take a look at that last uh month I showed you how to get on to create your hotspot really easy using uh pi star image and this is going to make that even look Uh, difficult it's so easy to set this up so this is again this is my thumb DV I'm just gonna plug it into the USB port on my computer here I've got a hub right here on the front and I hear it so I'm gonna go to PA7LIM.NL and click on the Blue DV link and let's go ahead download our version we're gonna set it up for Windows today If you scroll down, you can find some info on all the different things it supports, Um, but you can download the software right here. And it's always called a beta, but uh, I'm going to the Windows folder, and i download the latest one here, which was on September the 27th. It's always advisable to look at the readme files here to see if there's anything you need to do. So let's go ahead and download it and it's done it's pretty small we'll just go ahead and run the or uh, open up the zip file copy this out to my desktop so we can run it and let's install it Um, Windows it doesn't uh, have a it doesn't recognize the publisher so I'm just gonna go ahead and click the uh, more info and then do run anyway and next, and next, our way right through this bad boy. And it's installed. So we've got a blue DV icon here on our desktop. Let's go ahead and run it. And we've got a little bit of minor setup to do. As you can see from the screenshot here, this will support... Uh, this program supports DMR, DSTAR, and Fusion. I'm only just focused on the, maybe, uh, I'll set up the DMR section, but I'll probably test it out with just DSTAR at the moment. And I, I don't, I've never used Fusion, so I'm not sure how to even configure that right now. Let's go into the menu and set up. And you can see I've put my call sign in already. So put your call sign, pick your com port that your thumb DV installs itself to. If you're not sure how to find that, you can go into device manager, look at your ports, and find the one that's USB serial port. Mine happens to be COM5, so that's why I chose COM5. And uh, this is for your frequency if you're using up with a Mega or something like that. I'm not going to worry about that. And if you want to enable APRS, you can put your coordinates in here. Uh, I'm not going to worry about that either right now uh, if you want to start up at start if you want to connect to a reflector and start d star you can check this box and put your reflector there I prefer to manually do my own um, if you've got a dmR ID you can put that in here um, dmR type supports several ones brandmeister is the only one that i'm remotely familiar with and I just picked that US uh, master and left the default password but here we want to set it up to use the Ambi chip and uh, we've got a thumb DV here It's a, again it's on COM5 and we're not going to use the Ambi server um, the BAUD right here is the one that supports on your ThumbDV, I've got one of the older original ones that supports, that uses the slower baud rate, but I think the newer ones use 46, 46800. Uh, you'll have to try that and see which one works for you. Uh, if you want to change your DSTAR text that shows up on the dashboard, you can put this here. And let's go ahead and save. To connect, we'll just click, uh, actually let's click Serial. That opens up the serial port, and it sees it found my AMB 3000 board, my Thumb DV rather. And if we want to click D-star, turn on D-star mode, and we can pick our reflectors. It's got uh, quite a few repeaters, reflectors, everything set up in here. Uh, first, let's uh, back up a little bit. Let's turn that off. Let's close the serial port. It's important that you make sure that you've got the latest list of reflectors and repeaters and so forth. So always go into the update here. Update D-Star hosts. Okay, downloaded the XLR, the D+, the D-extra, and the DCS stuff. Upstate the call database. So let's do that. Depending on your connection, this one can take a few seconds. Okay, that's done. And fi- last, lastly, let's download the DMR masters done and done in the ambi section in the menu here we need to go ahead and tell it which device we want to use to listen and talk on so we want to record using the microphone on my USB codec which is my mixer here and my output I want to do the same thing now let's connect Let's go to the D-Star and let's link. Just telling the chat, to on the way to uh, unclaimed baggage. And I hear our friend Don Arnold uh, that you saw from uh, Dayton this year. We did the interview with him about the pork chops. If you want to transmit, you need to check here. We want to do D-Star. And if you want to transmit, you can toggle the button right here or you can hit the space bar. And that allows you to use your built-in microphone on your computer. Super, super easy to set up. It doesn't get much easier than that. All this D-Star stuff and uh, digital modes in general are getting so easy. The the guys that have donated their time and efforts, like David, uh, to create this program, really make things easy on the rest of us. I appreciate their efforts. Um, this this supports uh, DCS X reflectors. XLX which I've never even used that. Uh but anyway. Play around with the other modes if, if you're into those and uh and give it a try. It's a good way to get some good use out of your thumb DV. If you if you're interested in the thumb DVs, go over to the Northwest Digital Radio site and check them out. They're they're really inexpensive. I think at the time I was making this, I believe they're like $119-ish or something like that. Hope you find it useful. Thanks again to David, PA7LIM, for creating this nice software. We've got some other stuff of his that we're going to probably be showing sometime in the near future. This is all a volunteer effort. He just does it for fun, but he's really really provided a really nice piece of software for us to use. 73, we'll catch you next time. So the Dutch D-Star thing, I guess it's pretty much died off. I don't guess that guy's updated it in forever. So So anyway... uh, it had a few quirks, so anyway, I switched over to using this one. It's pretty pretty sweet.
0: Yeah, you know, I was thinking when I saw the title of what you were doing, uh, was it Blue Thumb or Thumb Blue? Blue Thumb DV. Blue Thumb DV. I was thinking it was a piece of hardware. I didn't realize it was...
2: Oh, I've got uh, a blue BlueStack Microboard that yeah. uh, that kind of works with the same software. I've done that in the past. Yeah. So, anyway, that's... uh. I wouldn't mind going back and revisiting that, but uh, I
1: have done it in the past.
2: Yeah. You've been playing <laughs> with,
0: with some of that, haven't you, Mike?
1: I have. Um, uh, it, the newer version supports uh, DMR as well. Now, th- you probably noticed there's that other button at the bottom that says uh, Fusion, um, Mm-hmm. i don 't think it 's implemented yet because it' just it 's grayed out no matter what you do but i'm wondering if David has some future plans to uh to implement fusion onto that as well
2: I would think maybe so yeah, yeah. I would not put it past him if he could pull it off uh, he uh, he but does a lot of good stuff with it I know he 's constantly working on that
1: yeah he's tweaking it. Uh, I know it's in his garage, so it it's without any support or whatever and like you mentioned earlier tommy he, he's he's doing it uh in his spare time, so to speak he's got a, a full time day job as yeah. well so uh, it's more of a labor of love, I guess you could say mm-hmm. uh, but it is really cool and i'm I'm really thankful for david for doing that because like you mentioned WinDV is is kind of uh dust in the window i think at this point
2: yeah, yeah, it was a nice piece of software but uh Anyway, it's, uh, it's good. I appreciate him doing, David, doing all that work. He does that in the Peanut app and a lot of, lot of stuff. So check out his site, PA7LIM.NL, and, uh, you'll see some of the things that he's doing. Yeah, I'm pretty cool. I, I'm still
0: trying to get my Pi Star to, to, it, it works fine on, on, uh, D-Star, <clears> but still trying to get the DMR worked out in it, and Glenn over in the chat room here, and, uh, uh, Jeff, you know who was with us over New Year's, uh, sent me some photos of their setups and such. But I, I still haven't been able to make well, it I work. Well, I set
2: mine up, but I, I, I haven't talked to anybody on it. But I have listened. To, I've heard several talk groups on there. I mean, have you been hearing anything at all? I hear absolutely
0: nothing. But I can connect to a talk group. And I'll, I'll see, you know, I'll go on the host line and so I can tell when somebody's transmitting. And I, I see the, the light come on on my handy talkie showing that I'm receiving something, but I never do hear it.
2: Uh, a, I don't know.
0: And I've checked the uh, color codes <clears throat> and all that. I, he, he, well, I have used the D-Star with it quite a bit, though, and it certainly made that a lot easier. as a matter of fact, I've been talking with that guy right there.
1: Uh That boy, in the the Great White
2: North? Yep. Yeah,
1: Yeah, and uh, W5DRA, I believe, mostly. Yep.
0: Yep. Okay, well, let's see. What are we going to talk about next year? Well, uh, we'll go through another couple of emails here. Okay. First one I got here, it is kind of short. It comes from our friend... And Dennis, uh, uh, there his call sign is, N7HRO, you know, Dennis uh, uh, writes us every now and then. He was going back and looking at a lot of the old episodes of the show and said he's up to show number 11 now and he wants to know what happened to the long hair. He said, wow, I noticed it and looked back up, and it was gone. I've been watching from number one today and on 12 now. Well, that, that is number one right there. All of a sudden, when episode 10 appeared, it was gone. Haircut. Yep. Now I don't remember if that was one of those long summer vacations or what in between, you know, when the hair disappeared. It could have been. I can tell you that was a bad hair day there, though, man. <laughs> so
2: we were out at the, out the park. I'm sure yeah. the wind was blowing. Oh,
0: yeah. It was really windy. I think we were doing
1: some Wi-Fi experimenting y'all out there. Do, y'all were. I
2: think I was still in Missouri back then. You were.
1: You were. That would be uh, a good one to Photoshop for Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. <laughs> <laughs> it
0: does kind of look like it, did not it? <laughs> well,
2: thanks for that, Dennis. Tommy, you've got another one there, I think. Uh, yep, I sure do. I've Got one from our friend Elliot K1MF. He may be in the chat room. He's a lot of times he's in there. Anyway, says thanks for hosting the New Year's Eve program. It was fun to get in the chat room and bring in the new year with you guys in a much different way, much better than watching the ball drop on broadcast TV. And thank you for posting the episode. Also, it'll have it. Uh, it will be it will be in the video library to play during the year. The coffee cafe Loreno the. The stuff that Andy sent us uh, is available on Amazon. I had to order a couple of bags for himself. In the meantime, I used to have a few roasted coffee beans to munch on as a snack. Half-speed theater is also great. Cheers, Elliot. Yeah, the half-speed theater was a huge hit. That's always fun. Yeah. I, I didn't realize they sold that coffee on Amazon. That's good to know. So when I run out of what Andy sent... Uh, yeah, it's good coffee. Real good. So um, if,
1: if you have if you have one, you have a coffee, and you watch half speed theater. Does it make it in real time after you've had your coffee?
2: <laughs> it might make it feel like it's even twice as slow. Might <laughs> be like quarter speed theater if you're running in double time.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah. You you know Mike and
0: um, and Chip, who I saw in the chat room a minute ago, are kind of responsible, for the uh, brain power behind half speed theater
1: like a lot of things it all started as a joke and just yeah. went on from there
0: well i mean that's that's kind of why we started the show
1: <laughs>
0: <Yep>. <laughs> so where are we at now on the rundown well i think it's time to take a quick break okay get a message from icom and uh, we'll be right back wow it is that time of the show isn't it we got some explaining to do Listen up, hams. Soon, ICOM will be releasing the new IC9700. It's the latest transceiver bringing direct sampling and software-defined receiver technology to the VHF and UHF arena. You're going to want to keep this rig on your radar. The IC9700 is packed with features including all-mode tri-band covering 144, 430, 440, as well as 1200 MHz, center design style 4.3-inch color touchscreen, dual watch operation, and full duplex operation in satellite mode. Smooth satellite operation with normal reverse tracking and 99 satellite channels. D-Star providing digital, clear audio, and internet-capable communications. Digital Data Mode providing 128 kilobits per second data communications. Look for the new IC9700, coming soon. Attention all hams. ICOM knows that ham clubs play a big role in bringing ham communities together to learn from their peers and industry leaders. As a way to give back and help you on your mission, ICOM has launched a promotion exclusively for U.S. ham clubs and the ham fest they're involved with. By registering your club, you could win ICOM swag, a Skype presentation for your club, or your ham fest An ICOM booth set up. Register today for your chance to win at ICOMAmerica.com slash hams. And thanks, ICOM, for all you do for Amateur Logic and and all the other ham activities that you support. Absolutely.
2: Really appreciate you guys.
0: Well, as I mentioned earlier, we've got some splaining to do tonight. We are going to talk about quarter-wave stubs and do some live, real-time experiments here. Unlike any I have done before. Let's hook them up. Let's hook them up. We got out test equipment here. Uh, Let's see, what do we have here? A couple of antenna analyzers to start with. We've got the vulnerable old MFJ259C that that we'll use first. And. That's a good one. We may use this one too, the MFJ225. Depends on, uh, well, depends on how fast this goes and what kind of results we're getting.
2: Remember, ladies and gentlemen, don't try this at home. <laughs> on, try
0: your own, at your own risk. yeah we're amateurs so. <laughs> well we got two pieces of uh, rg 58 coax here i've got one tommy's got one over there and they both happen to be the same kind of cable and the same exact length being the same exact length is not supposed to really matter but it just just worked out that i had two here but we're going to connect them together with a, uh, we're just going to use a T there in the middle of them. Not going to hook anything to the third port on that T, but essentially. All the what
2: bits are going to run out.
0: Yeah, essentially what we've got is about 30 feet of of RG58 here. Tommy, why don't you put this 50 ohm dummy load on your end over there? Done. All right, and I'm going to take the other end of the cable here and. Hook it to the MFJ259. This happens to fall here on 171.62 megahertz. And it's got a resistance of 54 ohms and a reactance of zero. SWR is a 1.0 to 1. If we uh, move around a little bit in frequency, we can see uh, the resistance change there a little bit the reactants a little bit, but still we're staying you know, with a, a VSWR of uh, 1 or 1.1 1. 1 to 1. So all that is is we're looking at the cable and looking at the dummy load attached to the end of it with the antenna analyzer. So good dummy load, no problems with that Somewhere there. Right now I've got another piece of coax here. This just happens to be uh, RG 8X, not 58. And it had a PL two fifty-nine on it, so I've got an adapter, or actually a couple of adapters on there to get it down to a female B and C. The other end of the cable is just open, it's it's not shorted. It's just stripped back there. When you buy a tape measure from Harbor Freight, you better check that thing against another tape measure. <laughs> I'm serious. I bought a tape measure at Harbor Freight. And I really. I'm serious, Did man. have some inches? I of have a, they were all there, but they weren't in the right places. In man. the wrong orders? Yeah, that was. They were in the right order, but it didn't measure out the same. I measured like 42 inches with a, a regular tape measure, and then with that thing. And they were different. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so um, something to keep in mind there. So, <laughs> I don't know why. Maybe they were saving money or something by making it shorter. I, I don't know. <laughs> All right, if I measure from this end.
1: I'm <laughs> a conspiracy with the uh, yeah. building supply companies.
0: You said 41 and a half? uh i might have overshot a little bit so mike should i be measuring just the cable or should i include the connectors in it
1: uh i are you sorry george are you using a t
0: i am using a t yeah where the two join here where okay. my two original cables join
1: yeah i i would measure to like uh where the center conductor would theoretically be i would think yeah which would be like halfway i guess
0: Okay. The center conductor of the cable or the center conductor of the connector? Yes.
1: Well, the center conductor of the connector where, that's, you know, the mm-hmm. coax would be connected.
0: That's what I was thinking. And apparently, when Tommy did that guesstimate a minute ago, he was using our Harbor Freight tape uh, measure. Yeah,
1: that's what I was using.
0: This one's 38 inches, Tommy. You found a, uh, a calculator over there? yeah uh, yeah. what kind of cable is that that is rg8x can you slide it over to your other monitor maybe
1: uh, if you're looking for the velocity factor i looked it up it's 0.79 for rg8x okay,
0: okay. I, the the specs i l- were looking at were different but uh I, I don't know that that made much difference in what we're about to discover here and so you're shooting for 145 megahertz there all right. Length of the quarter-wave stub. So we got quite a bit more than 16 inches on our stub here. Let's raise the frequency on up to, let's try 170 megahertz. 0.349. 13, 13
2: and three-quarters inches.
0: Well, we're nowhere near that, are we? Nope. With this stub. Um, well, so what we're what we're seeing there, and the calculator really won't calculate what we want, which is to take 38 inches and uh, find out what frequency this would be a quarter wave. The measurements you are about to see were mistakenly taken at the third harmonic. As it turns out, this 38-inch quarter wave stub should be resonant at 61.4 megahertz. (laughs) I can just tell you, it doesn't matter what that calculator says there, it's not going to be what you think it is. Okay. I don't, I don't have an explanation. Maybe the velocity factor of this cable is not what we think it is for 8X. But here's what we're going to do. We've already measured, you know, with just the two cables here connected straight through and found out, uh, you know, we've got a 1.1 to 1 SWR or better, right around 50 ohms and uh, reactance is zero. Let's hook the stub up in there and now we're just going to leave it hanging with uh, the end open on it there we go right around uh, 170 something megahertz i notice it got really squirrely there well it's squirrely all the way around isn't it all right so basically what i'm trying to show here is when that end is open we can we can find a point here where the impedance drops really low. So write down one hundred and seventy three point seventy there, Tom, and then write down R nine and X zero and a five,
2: a five point six.
0: All right, and now short those two wires together.
2: Zzz.
0: What happened?
2: Uh, We got this, uh, it's pretty close. This is 1.1 to 1. It's almost back to 50 ohms.
0: A resistance of 53 ohms, a reactance of of 4. Let me just turn it here a little bit. There we go 54 ohms, X0, 1.01. 172.86, a little off from what you wrote down a minute ago all right R- separate them again back up to a 5.5
2: mm-hmm. yep
0: all right uh if you will short <clears throat> them together and put this clamp on there to hold it this is the good stuff we've been wanting to show you it's just taking a long way to get here all right let's just drop that down that's uh a-
2: that's not going to stay very good so don't drop it hard okay
0: uh, let me just touch it there a little bit. It It is swinging around a little bit, but, you know, right around 172 megahertz. Yeah. All right. You got that stub connected in there. Disconnect that stub. Changed it slightly.
1: Not much, though. Uh, Not much. so slightly.
0: Yep. Still a 1.1 uh, VSWR. 56 ohms. Plug it back in there, and let's let's see what we had again. All right, changed it three ohms of resistance. Didn't change the reactants. It's zero here. Still good VSWR. So what we just learned there is that when this stub is going to act totally different depending on whether it's shorted or whether it's open. When we were getting all the squirrely readings, we had this thing open. And we found out that when we got around resonance there, the resistance and reactants were were way, and the VSWR was way off. As mm-hmm. a matter of fact, almost the worst off they could be. When we shorted it together, it was just like the stub wasn't even here.
2: Yeah, we closed the circuit. Mm-hmm.
1: Mike? I, I was just curious, because you're you're working with uh, unbalanced line. Um, can you really do uh, unshorted stub with unbalanced line?
0: Yeah, we just did.
1: But is it useful for
0: anything? Well, ah, that is a good question, and one that we are about to answer when we come back. Ah, are we going somewhere? We're going somewhere, to the Magic Kingdom. Field trip. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to take a break here now and swap out the test equipment, And we're going to look at this with a spectrum analyzer and see what's going on. That should be interesting. I think it should be. I hope so. Ameritron's new ALS 1306 is a 1.5 to 54 megahertz solid-state near-legal-limit FET no-tune amplifier. It's got 1,200 watts PEP output on all bands, including 10 and 6 meters, instant automatic band switching, no tuning, no warm-up, and no tubes to pamper. ALS 1306's reliability is ensured by using eight rugged MRF-150 power FETs mounted on a dual heavy-duty heatsink, properly arranged to distribute heat over a large surface. Single power device amplifiers can't do that. ALS 1306 outputs up to 1,200 watts of clean SSB power with just 100 watts of drive. Add an optional interface cable for your radio and automatic band switching lets you put your amplifier and power supply out of the way. The ALS 1306 automatic band switching reads band data from your transceiver and automatically changes bands as you make adjustments on your radio. Built-in SWR protection prevents amplifier damage if you accidentally switch to a wrong band, use the wrong antenna or have high VSWR. Overpower protection prevents forward and reflected power from exceeding safe levels. Output power is automatically reduced to prevent amplifier damage by controlling ALC to the exciter. The ALS 1306 is powered by a 50-volt DC 50-amp switching power supply which comes with a pre-wired cable. This hash-free, fully regulated switching power supply is only 12 pounds and can be placed conveniently out of the way. The power supply comes wired for 220 volts AC but can be changed to 110 volts. It draws less than 25 amps at 110 volts or 12 amps at 220 volts. If you're looking for a modern amplifier for your ham shack, then you owe it to yourself to look at the Ameritron ALS 1306. Visit Ameritron.com today and check out the full line of the world's most popular HF linear amplifiers. We've connected up the spectrum analyzer now, and we're going to do some experiments with it. I've got my end of the coax chain here that was hooked to the antenna analyzer, and I'm going to connect it well, right here, to the tracking generator output of the spectrum analyzer, what this is going to do is there's a oscillator built into the analyzer here, or they call it generator, frequency generator. It's going to generate out a signal, send it over our coax. Tommy has the other end of the coax there.
2: Well, such That's as it that is. One. Well, you yeah. want me to
0: clamp it to? I want you to take your end of the coax and take the dummy load off. Instead of looking into a dummy load this time, and let's, let's take our stub off as well. Oh, okay. All right, so we've just got the straight coax now with a T in the middle and no stub connected. And we're just running it just right through here from the tracking generator over to the input of the analyzer. Let me turn on the tracking generator here. Let me turn on the tracking generator here. There we go. What's
2: your vector, Victor? Just All right. Doing, just for doing airplane quotes.
0: Any anything you got? Man, we'll take <laughs> it. <do. laughs> All right. This is looking right here from um, one hundred and seventy in the middle. It's a span of three hundred and forty megahertz wide. So. We're seeing about, uh, what, roughly 170 either side of the center here. But right there in the center is 170 megahertz. I'm going to put a marker there. It's right on 170 megahertz. It's where it says 1 right there. We can see there's a little tilt here. This is showing us decibels, this uh, vertical scale here. Horizontal is frequency. So we start out here near 0, and it increases in frequency as as we go up to 340 megahertz. That's that's the width that we're looking at right now. Uh, let me adjust the amplitude here just a little bit. We're looking at minus 21 right here at zero hertz. As we go up in frequency to 340 megahertz it rolls off just a little bit. Out here it's uh I don't know, maybe 22 or 23 dB, so we've lost like one decibel, you know, of, of roll-off in the cable there. It's not not a lot, but just something to be a aware of loss. Mm-hmm. All right, now we've just got our T here. You know, we're just looking at the piece of coax round right now coming out of the tracking generator, which is generating a sweep of the frequency band here. Going into the spectrum analyzer, let's hit the stub up there now, Tommy, and see what happens. And you've got it—you've got it shorted right now. Still shorted. Okay. Ah, okay. something happened. It did. All right. So you if we look dips. right there, there's 170 megahertz. It's it's right around the peak there. Let's set a couple other markers where we can see where these dips are. I'm going to set a number 2 marker. Let's call that one a normal marker. There There's we go. nothing
2: normal here.
0: Not tonight. Not that there ever is. Alright, so that one is falling about 118.5. 43 megahertz and you can see it's down from what was about um, probably between 21 and 22 dB here it has dropped down to minus 48 dB from minus 21. Let's put another marker and look look at where this one is out here and we'll do a normal marker for that marker number three there And that's pretty close. That's at 235 megahertz, and it's about the same down. Let's let's look. We're on marker three. Let's go back and uh, look at marker one. That's that's this one right here in the center of our. This is called the pass band. Mm-hmm. That's what's what's getting through right now. Uh, let's look at the second marker. This is on the lower side here. That's 47, 48 dB down or minus 47, 48 down from zero, but it's actually um, you know, that's at minus 21. Uh, Let's look at marker number 3 and 46, so it's about the same amount of roll-off on either side here. So, What have we created here, Mike, when we did
1: this? Well it looks like uh what is that the uh second harmonic um sorry my my screen's a little a little small here George. you've created okay. a filter yes, notch filter I guess you could be more specific by saying it's a notch <clears throat> filter uh
0: well actually uh yeah or you might call it a bandpass if you're just looking at this part, but it it's notched out these frequencies here um on either side. And you see it's repeating. If we sat down and, and measured all these out, we'd find out that that's like it
2: a, It's continuous. Right.
0: Tommy, let's see that end there. All right. Let's open it now. It's okay. shorted well, it. At the hold moment. on.
2: Everybody probably needs to go get your flashlights before yep. I disconnect these two wires in case the lights go off. Oh, wow. It all just moved,
0: didn't it? Number one is over here right now. So it did shift frequency a little bit when you opened it up there. But now, instead of our, our passband being here in the middle and our dips where well, we're right here at two and three, when, when we uh, hit it, when we tap that thing, <laughs> look at that, it's just reversing. Oh, well, that's interesting. That is Pretty interesting.
1: Much, yeah, it is very interesting.
0: So, Mike, you were asking, is there a reason that you might want one open? Is there anything useful? Could be. Now, I'm not saying this is a scientific... Um, well, it's somewhat. Why, would, why do we want to do this? Tell me what useful purpose this uh, is. And Mike has done it. Tell us why you do that, Mike.
1: Well, I did it uh, back when I was a a teenager because uh, my 11-meter radio was getting into the neighbor's TV. Mm -hmm. So I made a stub. I can't remember what the calculated length was out of 300-ohm twin lead. And I put it on the antenna terminals of their TV set, and Mm -hmm. the interference was gone. You just
0: notched it right out. Now, you notice there; um, those notches are fairly narrow. So it's not like you're going to put that on here and, and notch yeah. out a lot of
2: room. Yes, you're going to need to calculate it out and make it pretty much false. Well,
0: based on our experiments here, calculating it out really... Yes, yeah, so well, know, I
2: guess we, working we were
0: only, what, 180 megahertz away, so... it's
2: pretty That's closer
0: than I would have given yeah. credit for. <laughs> so anyway, you know, we're just playing with it here. We, we just hooked it up to see what happens. That's what happened. And you witnessed it live right here.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there were some comments in the chat room, and uh, one of the comments was how it was very much like a bandpass reject filter, like for a repeater, mm-hmm. like for and, a cavity
0: filter. And yeah, it's not that notch. if you look at it there. That's not deep enough to be used for a repeater, but... It's it's similar. If you had uh, if you were running split antennas, your antennas were far enough apart. Adding a stub like this may give you enough uh, rejection to 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 actually you know get it to work.
1: Well, that's pretty interesting. I was just thinking about when I did mine way back when. Um, I guess because I put it on the actual receiver, that would have been a high pass filter rather than a low pass filter because it wasn't on my transmitter.
0: Yeah. Yep.
1: So, I guess it's the same same principle, though.
0: Yeah. Now, now one thing I'll mention here: if we look at the T right here, we're using a couple of different kinds of cable here. We've got uh, RG fifty eight is our our line here that we were using. We've got a stub made out of RG eight X. You could actually make that stub out of something different. Mm-hmm. It Doesn't have to be a fifty ohm cable. You could put seventy five ohm cable there. You just need to use its velocity factor when you calculate it out. Right. Or in our case, our our calculator was busted. Yeah. And that didn't really work out for us. But uh, I, I need to go back and do some more experimenting and find out how we can nail this mathematically. So when we hook it to test equipment, it does.
2: What yeah. We so think. I was. How did you? How did you get it? How did you measure yours? I'm sure you didn't have this gear. You no, just calculated I, I it measure. and tried it? I it. was
1: strictly uh, based on a formula. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I got lucky, basically.
2: So you didn't use the Google calculator?
1: No, Google wasn't <laughs> around back then. I knew what channel I was operating on that caused the interference, so I knew what the frequency was. So mm-hmm. I basically punched that uh, frequency into the formula, and they came out with the, the, the correct length for the stub. Cool. And uh, just happened to be, um, just happened to work.
0: Yep. And I think in most cases it probably will work from what I've heard. Now, I don't know if it's easier to do this with 300-ohm twin lead than it is with coax. I wouldn't think so, but I don't, you know, no. no, haven't really tried that.
1: I, at first when you were doing it, when it was open, I wasn't sure if that would affect um I wasn't really sure what would happen to be honest with you. Um you know if you're putting a if you're transmitting a signal through a uh through a uh, an unbalanced line and then you've got an open piece of that unbalanced line what what the reaction would be or the end result would be but uh it's interesting to see that on your spectrum analyzer.
0: Yeah, it it looks a little different than I would have expected. Although you can see there's a definite pattern there.
2: So will this not have adverse reaction on them watching television on other channels and things? It's possible. It right? could,
0: yeah. It could. With it shorted right there, you can see at these frequencies there's a, a you know a sharp dip there. But
2: out here at these frequencies, I think it repeats. So there's a great question in the chat room. Mm-hmm. It's uh, one guy. Uh, where is he? K nine rmr says i have a kenwood th d74a how is this useful to somebody like me i don't think it really would be but they oh. but that how, how would it be useful to him because i could see it being useful for the hf guys if they had interference to oh it could be very useful if he's got
0: say a two meter i guess that, that that's a two meter
2: yeah, it's, little, it's like
0: your, remember
2: that's the digital, the Kenwood. Yeah, that's, uh, a, that's
1: a tri-band. Star. I think it's uh, 2 meter and uh, 1.27, uh, 1.25 to 20 mm-hmm. and yeah. 440.
0: Yeah. All right, so if, uh, if you've got, say you're trying to listen on 2 meters here and talk, and as far as transmitting, that's not really going to make any difference for you. But if you're trying to receive on 2 meters and right next door there's an ambulance service or a police department, and every time they key up, it desensors your rig, build a quarter-wave stub, put it in there at the frequency of the offending service, and that should notch it out so that they're not interfering with your receiver. You know, handy talkies don't have as good a front end as mm-hmm. a, as a, That's definitely you know, a mobile or a base rig. If you've got a handy talkie and, and you're trying to use it mobile on a, you know, a magnetic mount antenna, if you drive downtown or somewhere there's a lot of uh, RF happening, you'll get a lot more Intermod um, interfering with that radio than you would with say, a regular mobile rig or something. That's because handy Talkies normally, uh, they're designed to work with, you know, a rubber duck antenna or something short, and it's not really an issue. But if you put a larger antenna on it, then it's going to start hearing uh, more signals stronger and
2: so you can so so you can uh, pinpoint your interference and notch it right notch it out using this
0: yeah um here's here's what it says over at arctic peak the one we tried to use the calculator on earlier is that uh, there's a lot of purposes for quarter wave stub if it's left with an opening it can be used as a notch filter to attenuate certain frequencies Okay. A quarter wave length transmission line can also be used as an impedance transformer and that's what we did not show you here tonight. Um, The bandwidth of a quarter wave notch filter is about twenty percent, so that's plus or minus ten percent of the center frequency. Uh, Be aware of the fact that the quarter wave notch filter will not only attenuate the design frequency of the frequency band around the design frequency, but it'll also attenuate the frequency band around the odd harmonics of the yeah. design frequency. Yeah,
2: every one of these yep. these uh, little descended areas here. So, so yeah, that's what I was just sitting here thinking about it's interesting. It's interesting, but I think you're going to have to be real careful about uh, not cutting off, not attenuating something that you want to use as well. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Because you know, maybe you're you're tuning it so that um and they they were talking about um an open stub there I think being used as a notch filter. Open that stove up and let's see.
2: Good, because it keeps wanting to open itself yeah. up. And see we're
0: seeing very similar things, it's just, you
2: just shifted it like yeah like halfway across.
0: Um, uh, not quite. So let's see, when it's open there. Let's move this number one marker over to that first dip. No, it's kind of hard to see.
2: This is a, this is really interesting to me. Uh, um, I've been a ham for twenty five years, and I've, I've somehow, or another, I have yet to run across this.
1: Really, it's even yeah. nicer being able to to visualize it on the uh, spectrum analyzer.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, it would have been kind of hard to explain it without it, honestly. Um, 60.6, which is where that notch
0: is right there. And we can see that's the biggest notch. It clearly dips down here further than anything else. L- let's say 60.6. I'm going to multiply that by 2. 121. So let's see. Let me get my second marker and slide it out here and see. The next notch is right there at one hundred and eighty and what did I say the first frequency was there? Sixty. So the third harmonic of sixty is pop quiz anyone? hundred and
2: eighty? Yep.
0: hundred and eighty. Right there. Alright. That means that the uh, next notch there should occur where? Fifth harmonic? That would be three hundred. Let's move that number four marker out there and see.
2: Yeah, yeah. right there, right there on the mind. So,
1: so uh, in the case of the open stub, it's it's odd harmonics uh, that they're attenuated. And what is that uh, minus forty-four dB down? Da- like it's forty-four dB down um, attenuation. Uh, are I reading the, that right? On shorted
0: or open? But open. Open right now, yeah. Uh, our reference up here is like at minus 21 across here. Oh, okay. And we're so down that. on this one to minus 51. Okay. So that's roughly uh, a 30 dB reduction right there at that point.
2: I find this very interesting. I'm going like, to, like Mike, I'm going to do some more reading up on this.
0: But it's It's real handy for exactly what Mike talked about. Um, I have seen this used at radio stations before, um, back in the early days of FM. People, a lot of people were using uh, outdoor TV antennas to pick up FM stations. All right, or a lot of people had TV antennas in; they weren't on cable yet. And if an FM station popped up in town, it would be interfering with people's TVs. So the radio station actually had made up, the first one I ever worked at, had actually made up some little stubs out of 300-ohm twin lead. And if somebody complained, they gave them one of those stubs.
2: Huh. That's a pretty cheap way out. But I guess it worked.
0: it worked. And you just hope well, that there was... They
2: didn't want to listen to anybody else.
0: Yeah, you just hope there was no <laughs> TV stations on the... Um, on odd harmonics on, yeah. of it. Yeah.
2: yeah, I was just thinking, we might... In Mike's case, uh, Mama can watch her soap operas, but the kids aren't going to be watching the Disney Channel. <laughs> yep.
0: <laughs> but these are used in some broadcast applications, too, where you're trying to isolate one stage from the next. They'll put a little stub in there to, so that uh, they're trying to go for the pass band then so that you're only passing through the particular frequency that you're trying to. So if there's any garbage generated out on the other side or a spike or something, it doesn't come back and damage the previous stage. Now, there's one other super neat use for this that I bet you had not thought about.
2: Uh, You're probably right. I probably haven't
0: thought about it. I bet a lot of people haven't thought about it. No, although probably a lot have.
2: I didn't realize this was a use for it either until just five minutes ago.
0: All right. Let's say you had an antenna 100 foot in the air. All right. And you only stayed on one repeater. Mm -hmm. You never changed frequency. That's almost true. It is. If you build one of these, and build one with the closed uh, stub here, or the shorted stub, and you tuned it out so that, you know, it was passing your repeater frequency, Mm -hmm. and, you know, it passes uh, some either side of it, you know, 10% either side. What have you also done there? You've got a dead DC short. Oh, yeah. The rig is not seeing it at all as long as you're, you know, around the frequency you want to be. It doesn't even know this is here, but lightning, you've put a, dir- a direct short to ground.
2: Oh, detection. Okay.
0: And there are actually FM broadcast antennas built to where they have a shorting stub mounted right there at the antenna to put it at a DC ground potential. But RF-wise, it doesn't know it's shorted. Oh, so it's, a, it's
1: a lot of vhf and uhf uh, vertical antennas are are designed that way too, yeah. like the Kushgraph ringos and mm-hmm. you have the uh, the dc i always thought it was like magic but i guess it's all about impedance whether you're high impedance or low impedance um yeah. and i guess when the transmitter sees uh high impedance it just ignores it it, it, it doesn't even see it as a short so
2: yeah Very interesting stuff. That's cool. Yep. I'm I'm glad you went through that. Kind of hate when we had a few struggles at the beginning, but... uh, It was pretty painful, but we got through it. Yeah. (laughs) You're going to have fun editing that. No doubt.
0: (laughs) And as you notice, I just turned it off. That means we're going to try to move on gracefully now. Okay. Not that...
2: No, we're going to do something graceful now. Uh, Probably not,
0: but... uh, I tell you what, let's just take a quick break, come back, and we've got just a couple of uh, short things yet to go, and we'll see what happens next. At the end of each month, it's Amateur Logics Ham College, the new show for those new to the hobby and those wanting to get into amateur radio.
2: Which of the following is a purpose of the amateur radio service as stated in the FCC rules and regulations?
0: That inductor and capacitor form a tuned circuit. That's how you tune the radio to the frequency that you want.
2: The English language. We lived in town. I liked it. I, I listened to mine a lot. It was really cool because you didn't have to have a battery to yeah. power. Them.
0: There's our homemade telegraph station. We can use
2: it for long-distance communications. Oh, like, uh, what, three feet yeah, Across the table. The answer is B. Voltage was named after Italian physicist Alessandro Volta.
0: We can see we're generating a little bit of electricity there. It's DC.
2: It's always great to go back and get a refresher. It well, sure is. A lot of that stuff, if you've been a ham for a while like we have, you, you don't really think about a lot of that stuff that often. They didn't
0: have electric screwdrivers in those days, so that's why we're not using ones. That's why we went screws.
2: primitive with it. Yeah.
0: So let's see if we can hear anything when we, uh, we fire off our spark gap transmitter. well we didn't build anything or blow up anything today but
2: the um, night's still young you brought
0: one more uh, thing to discuss tonight didn't you or to um, to
1: put yeah, your I have pulse a, i have another uh a bulletin here or announcement and that's the uh, canadian national parks on the air uh-huh. and that uh started january 1st and runs throughout the year until december 31st and it's open to all amateurs incidentally um uh, whether you participate, you can activate at one of the Canada's uh, natural nat, uh, natural uh, parks or, or sites, and there's a list on the website, and uh, we'll uh, we'll put the link up for that. Or you can actually uh, you can actually work stations that are activating, so um, anybody can get involved, and it doesn't matter where you are in the world, you can participate. Um, and uh, I don't think I'll be doing too much this month. <laughs> and I saw a comment earlier uh, from uh, our friend Jocelyn, and uh, he mentioned that he's going to be up later in the year, and hopefully he'll uh, he'll be able to participate at one of the one of the uh, sites. Um, but uh, cool, I'm not sure why they picked January because I, I don't think yeah. they're going <laughs> to find too many people going out to the parks to operate.
0: It's in the Igloo National Park, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Maybe. Wow, well, well, you know, they just did that here in the United States. Was it last year, or the year before? I don't no, remember. I it was just it recently. Yeah,
2: yeah, I, think I heard. I heard before. two
1: years ago, but I don't know whether they did it last year or not. There was mention of of the national parks on the air uh, that that occurred two years ago, and yeah. I guess uh, it was so popular, um, you know, uh, you know, uh, radio amateurs of Canada decided to give it a try up here. Well, yeah, I think that's be good.
0: Good activity. I'm sure there'll be a lot of Canadians and Americans both mm-hmm. trying to to blog those those contacts.
1: Yeah, and if the bands ever improve, uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> we could get uh, European stations in there, too. True.
0: True. All right. Uh, let's see. Tommy,
2: yours is next there. I do have one more, mm-hmm. and there's a picture that goes along with it. Okay, it's uh, from Charles. Uh, he didn't put his call sign on here. He says, I was watching an episode where you were demoing <coughs> Excuse me, the SDR and MFJ 1020C. I like your desk setup up with the shelves. Can you tell me the brand model of the desk, where you get it? Right now I'm using the simple tabletop running out of room. I've looked around at Walmart, Office Max, but I haven't seen anything similar. Thanks. Love the show. Charles. And it came from Office Depot, and that's exactly it right there. And it looks like they're out of stock. Um, but they I had to order it, and they, they delivered it to my house. Uh, but it actually worked out pretty nice. Um, one thing, no matter how big of a desk you get, you're always going to run out of space. So I've already filled that one up. You need my, another one. My workbench I bought, I filled that up. Everything, <laughs> all my other shelves in there, they're full. Yeah. So, <clears throat> But it is it is nice way it's laid out there to put your radio gear on top of it. And that, yeah, that
0: is <clears throat> a nice looking uh, desk there.
2: I think the only thing I would have done better was maybe if I built my own, which I may do next time. Yeah. Maybe.
1: But uh, it worked
2: out pretty nice, and it wasn't very that expensive. Do you remember
1: when, when consoles were in where everybody was uh, putting the radios into, you know, a slanted oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. surfaces yeah. Uh-huh. and things like that? That seems to have gone out of style right now, but I wonder if they'll ever make a comeback.
0: Yeah, you know, I've worked on enough gear that was mounted that way at uh, radio and TV stations. I, you know, it would be very attractive to do something like that, but once you've had to maintain that stuff... And,
2: I like my stuff where I can it. get it's, to the yeah. backs of it. Yeah. And that's what I like about that desk. I have my stuff all mounted, it's the usual blocks of wood mm-hmm. sitting up there on the top. And I can just reach back there and get to the coax, and they drop down. Mm-hmm. And I can go under the desk and reach all my wires and everything. I've got them all tied down to the bottom and stuff. So,
1: yeah, I think it was Bob, Bob Heil that mentioned on one of, one of his episodes that he leaves about two, three to, two feet or so uh, behind his um, desks and so forth, so he can also actually walk, walk in behind that. and yeah. change cables and things like that. That's yeah, a great idea. A if you can, idea if you have the room for it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I've been to his uh, his uh, new house in Pleasant Grove, and, and that's it. You can walk around behind it and actually get to things. Yeah. I've got one more. Okay. I almost forgot about it right here. Wow. This um, This is not a piece of furniture or any kind of event. But it's something similar to what we've talked about. This came from uh, Brett, K-E-8-D-A-C. And uh, he said, because c- we were talking about uh, building a SVX link, Echo Link node here to uh, to try out again on the Raspberry Pi. Haven't haven't tried Echo Link on the Raspberry Pi in a while. And he says he's been using the Asterix All-Star from hamvoip.org and it's easy all you need is a pi three it will run all star echo link and irlp all on one pi three okay well thanks for that tip brett see a
2: beagle bone black up there you know i bought one of those you did uh, yeah i showed it on one segment a long time ago i've still got it i kind of forgot it was sitting there i did too i need to dig that thing back out you do um, yeah, well, I don't, I don't know. I
0: might, might try All Star. I'm going to try SVX Link. I've actually already started on that.
2: Have you? I'm glad, I'm glad because I'm dying to see how it works out. I bet you it works much better. Well, that's
0: what I, my segment was going to be this week instead of the rambling quarter wave stub. But uh, I, I just, you know, too much going on at work. I haven't been home in a reasonable hour in a couple of weeks. So I just didn't have time to complete it. But I'm kind of glad we pulled this
2: out and tried well, it out. Well, I am too, because I learned something I, I didn't even know about. Mm-hmm. So that's a good good tool for the, the arsenal, should mm-hmm. you have a need for it. Speaking of good tools, you know, some of our
0: friends here on the show like to send us photos as they travel around yep. at, to different exotic locations. And, well, here's one right here. This one. It's the hat. Oh, wow. It's the hat. And this was from John Fuller, WJ0NF.
2: Wow, I wonder where that is. That's beautiful.
0: I don't think he said.
2: And the hat really makes the scenery look nice. It does. Is that sand or snow? That's snow. That's cool. That's pretty. Yeah. we got
0: another one here, and this one, I don't know. This guy, yeah, he's in the chat room tonight, AB10P,
2: Ralph. Look, <laughs> Ralph, he's got it going on, man. He's got the nice moxie life. soda, Yeah. the popcorn, and the hats with the lights on it. What more could you want? It this looks, looks like, like a perfect setup. He's got the shirt, too, Ralph, man. Ralph's got oh, moxie. Oh, he sure, he sure does. He <laughs> does. He does. He does have moxie. He's, he's
0: got the t-shirt and the hat. And I believe what he was doing here is he was sitting back and preparing to to watch. It was either the Christmas episode or the New Year's episode. I think
2: think that was the Christmas episode. I think so,
0: yeah. Yeah. So it looks like he was well prepared
2: for that. And the moxie soda, I I liked it, Ralph. I appreciate you sending that. I thought it was good. Yeah. Uh, You know, I... I didn't drink, but about half of mine. Let my wife have the other half. She
0: liked it too.
2: Yeah, it was good. I actually went to the store and bought some uh, ginger beer since then, which I had on the New Year thing. Um, but that's you were drinking ginger beer. Yeah, it's probably stronger than real beer, but it's good. <laughs> I, I liked it a lot. And it, that's kind of what the moxie stuff reminded me of a little bit. It was
0: yeah, a little bit like like root beer. Uh, And another one here, this is from The Hat, uh, that travels with uh, John Baggett, K2BAG. I'm not even sure where this was. It looks like the North Pole, but I don't believe it
2: was. No, it took the hat Christmas shopping.
1: Yep. You know it would be really uh, interesting? if, If John were to turn that hat into a passport, and every port that he went to, they'd stamp it. (laughs) <laughs> with his entry. yeah, he he would he would have a lot of stamps on it because he's he travels.
2: I think he may travel more than I. Oh do. yeah, I think
0: I think so. And he sent us another one. This one is a bear laying down. It must have been up in your neck of the woods, Mike. Looks like a Royal Canadian. Yeah, it looks bear. like
1: he's in Vancouver.
0: Yeah, you probably don't want to mess with them, whether they're vertical or horizontal, though, do you?
1: Probably not. Mm, no, especially if they're vertical.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe you can tiptoe by really quietly while they're night
2: and well uh, that caught me with my head leaned over looking at the picture I guess guess what i'm going to ask you now where can you get some of those yeah hats yep yeah you can get them at uh, amateurlogic.spreadshirt.com well we've got that bound it's just smooth as butter wasn't it <laughs> <A>
0: nice segue.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nobody saw it coming. <laughs> uh, so you can get your shirts, jackets, sweatshirts, caps, all kind of good stuff on there. Uh, Amateur Logic and Ham College swag. Yep. So. And,
0: and if you get some swag and you're out traveling about, or even if you're at home, send us a photo and, and you yeah. see what could happen.
2: Yeah, it could be on the show. So it's, just uh,
0: just be aware that, you know, we might show it if you yeah. send it. So. i tell
2: you, I, honestly, I like those. It's really cool too. to me to yeah. see those uh, people send the pictures in. So I appreciate y'all doing that. Keep them coming. And the different places people you yeah, know, have, have traveled
0: to. Well, so let's see.
2: Spreading I, the amateur logic love, man. Just showed it everywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: before we go, and, and we'll do a quick wrap-up before we go, but I just want to mention a couple of things. We always mention our social networks and facebook.com slash group slash amateurlogic.tv. That one's still real popular. The Google Plus community is, well, Google Plus is going away probably, uh, the last I heard April. was April. Yeah. Yeah. So there's still people there and still people posting, and that's where most of these photos came from.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But uh, be aware that it's going away. But we'll be there until, until it drops.
2: And you
0: can follow us on Twitter.
2: Yep, at Amateur Logic, and we also have at Ham College.
0: Yep, so. for Ham College as well. And we've got our show notes wiki. Um, Dan keeps that up for us and on LVS. AmateurLogic.tv slash wiki. Go there, get your show notes and links and what have you. Oh, that
2: picture was from Western Colorado. He's in the chat room. Oh, okay.
0: Great. Well, that's good to know. Cuz I, I somehow I missed that. Yeah. yeah. cool. Pretty there. Well, let's uh let's put a wrapper on
2: this one. Tommy, what are you going to be up to next? Any idea? You know, I, I've got a couple things in mind, but I haven't decided exactly, exactly, I can't even say it. I can't even hear it. Yeah, I haven't decided exactly what I'm going to do yet, so it'll probably be a surprise to me as well. Okay.
0: Mike, what what is in your future? I know you're working on some projects up there.
1: I am, but after, after those quarter wave stubs, I'm going to have to uh, do some reading on that because um, I, it just reminded me of how much of that stuff I've forgotten over the years.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do some more research on that myself. I find that really fascinating that you that uh, simple piece of cable like that uh be so useful.
0: Yeah, and you know I was gonna try to explain how all that worked, but unfortunately we ran out of time tonight and I didn't have a good excuse or for- anyway. Or fortunately. <laughs> yeah, or fortunately. <laughs> but it's a way that a, a wave rep- Pete's down a a piece of transmission line, something like that. Yeah, I'll buy that. I don't know. Standing waves? Yep, standing waves. There you go.
1: It just gave me a good excuse to maybe look at buying a Rigol with a tracking generator.
0: There you go. There you go. You know, this is a... Well, earlier this week when I plugged it in to see if it would do anything at all, that's the first time I've ever used a tracking generator on this. Oh, really? Yep. But
1: I'm glad I... Spent After the, this episode, you're going to get all kinds of people asking to tune up their diplexers and and uh, repeater duplexers and so forth.
0: I don't know if they looked at the calculations on my quarter-wave stub here. and <laughs> they,
2: might, <laughs> they may not want me doing yeah, it. It might be an easy out for you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. But uh, anyway, we appreciate you playing the part of the cheap old man tonight. And uh, email should be back with this. Uh, the next S- episode. Cheap
1: version.
0: Yep. Now uh, we'll have to get get a report. Email's in the chat room, but you know he really uh, he had some stuff going on night, so he couldn't tie himself down to a camera.
2: We didn't get. Also, in his absence, we didn't uh, spend any money, but we did get the the kind of high end gear out. We did.
0: I'd already spent money on this. I didn't run it by email, but uh, I bought this. You know it's been a little while now, but yeah, uh, it's
2: not COM compliant.
0: No, it's not. But uh, you know, it it was fun and uh glad that I tried that. I've been I've had it on my list of things to do for a long time. And when I Actually, saw
1: Actually Tommy, I think that clamp would have been cost compliant.
2: Yeah. It is. Oops, somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's about yeah. the only thing here on the desk that is. Yeah.
0: Well the stub here. You know, this was cut so, off the end of one of my antennas. That uh, when, when I ran a new cable out there, I had to chop it
2: off because I couldn't oh, put okay. it back. Right. Okay, so the stub is as well. So we're, yeah, we're covered.
0: It probably has squirrel teeth marks in it.
2: <laughs> there over. are
0: some abrasions on it somewhere. Yep. I saw them. Okay. Well, um, wow. What am I going to do next? I don't know. I'm I, I'm I going to have SVX link sooner or later. I've started, and I've got a little video recorded on it, but I haven't completed it yet.
2: Oh, yeah?
0: And I don't have it on the air, so I still haven't proved to myself that it works and it's going to be stable. Um,
2: That's going to be I'm, cool. I'm, I'm really, I'm really
0: will. really looking forward to that. So yeah. I hope it works out well. I if it
2: does, too. I'm going to build one probably for myself. Yeah.
0: But uh, other than that, that's the only project I know that I want to do now. Well, there's a couple others too, but that's the one that's kind of sitting on my desktop over there that um, I've been working on. But, boy, it has been a tough year at work since the first. Uh, I've had some major engineering issues. Uh, uh-huh. So I'm still trying to recover from those, but hopefully first of uh, the coming week, we can put those behind us for a little bit before the next thing blows up or burns up. <laughs> the year is young. True. Yep. Well, thanks for being here, everyone. Um, we really appreciate you watching and, and hearing from you. You know, we, we have the social media networks, but we still take emails as well, as you can see. We've read oh, yeah. a few here tonight. And
2: Yeah, uh, and actually, we've gotten... Uh, They've kind of picked up a lot. The we really enjoy them. Though. Keep them coming.
0: Yeah, well, you know, I, I think the more of them we read, the more people will say, well, yeah. you yeah. know, maybe we'll share something with mm-hmm. them. And I'm, we appreciate y'all doing that because it gives us something legitimate to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mike have a, uh, well, a a, a white, I was going to say Christmas, but that doesn't really work out. Well, that's pretty much the rest of the year up there. Yeah, yeah half it's
1: covered it. and probably until April. Yeah. Uh-huh. Wow. I just hope the uh, we're not in the deep freeze for that whole duration. It'd be nice if we get up, uh, you know, up until about minus 10. It's pretty comfortable as long as the wind isn't blowing, but you start getting below that, it's it's just cold whether the wind's blowing or not. Yep. But, um yeah, thankfully we didn't get all the all the snow that the folks out in the Midwest did. Um, we've been pretty lucky this year. I think there's probably uh, three or four inches on the ground at most up here, and usually uh, this time of year we'd probably have a foot or more on the ground at least.
2: I'm gonna have to think over that statement that you just said about uh, up to about minus ten. It's
1: pretty comfortable. Yeah. No, so, m- mind you, that's Celsius minus ten Celsius. Yeah, that's
2: still that would still probably be down in the teens for us. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it, it would it would be. I mean, it's still below thirty two, uh, which is freezing. But um, so once we get down to uh, about fifty, man, we're just not hardly making it here. <laughs> yeah. Fahrenheit. Uh, uh, Cous- Cousin Jerry V3ext, he's uh, vacationing down in uh, Florida right now, and he was telling me. Uh, well, up until a couple of days ago, it was 80 degrees uh, Fahrenheit. But uh, he says um, the next day when I talk to him, he says the next day is going to be a different story. It's going to be 60, uh, and he says you'll see all the locals out there and they with their earmuffs and their gloves and their mitts and everything on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. I remember when my mom, my mom was still alive down there, and it would get down to 60 down near Fort Myers, so they were, like, trying to crank the heat up and everything. Man. be wrapping the pipes, huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, uh,
0: you know, it, it hadn't been that cold. Well, it was earlier in the winter, but uh, since 2019 has been here. It hadn't been that cold here yet, but, you know, this is the time of year that it will get cold here.
2: Yeah, so. into January, 1st of February, I guess is probably yep. about the coldest part for us. Yeah. So thanks again, Mike, for being here.
0: We uh, we hope you come back and join us again soon.
1: Well, thanks, George. It's a lot of fun, and Emil. Um, sorry, we missed you today, but it was it was great having you in the chat room, nevertheless. Uh, it's almost like we we split we switched uh, spots. Tonight, <laughs> yeah, <so. laughs>
2: Tag, you're in. it is kind of. Usually,
1: heavy. I'm creating the chaos in the <laughs> chat room, and he's on here.
2: Yep, that's true. All right. 73, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. 73.
0: Yeah.
1: Email in the chat room. It was my understanding that there would be no math.
0: There hasn't been. (laughs) (laughs) Throwing a
2: lot of stuff out. It's like a clearance sale.
0: Untouched by human hands. Well, that's not what I wanted, is it?
2: How's it look, Mike? (laughs) 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 He was the closest to it. So it it
0: essentially. (laughs) What? (laughs) Yeah, you dropped something. Okay. (laughs)